0: Can the freshman make a play? He's given time. That ball is intercepted by Radley Hiles. Spooky! With a minute 41 left. Hello and welcome back to the Schooner Pod. I'm your host Bobby Howard. With me today as always Ty Lee. Ty, how are you doing man? What's going on? I'm doing pretty good. Good, good. Considering, yeah. Considering yet another week of OU football (laughs) cutting it close. I mean, honestly, this team in the month of November, and and really a a week beyond that, uh, has just been ruthless on our hearts all the way across the board. Um, And it's crazy because this team was having no issues early on in the season. We saw a couple cracks against Texas, but... Uh, since Kansas State, every game has come down to the absolute wire, whether good or bad.
1: Yeah, well, I don't think it's ever based off who we've played. I don't think it's ever been good that it's gone down to the
0: wire. But that's a good point. Good, good, in the sense that sometimes we come back, and that's like, yeah. oh, that's good that we kept it close. But in ge- in general, I would say that you know it's it's been a stressful time for all OU fans all the way through. And, um, yeah, I mean, this TCU game was no exception. Yet another game. I mean, same script as usual. Uh, Well, we really have one or two plays. We either get down really early and have to scrap back and, you know, cover for our mistakes. Or we get up really – we get up ahead, look great, look like the college football playoff team we thought we were. And then a bunch of mistakes let the other team back in the game.
1: I know. It is – absolutely uh ridiculous and it's uh you know i i know what i believe but uh yeah it's it's unfortunate yeah
0: yeah for, sure. for sure but uh, uh i mean there's a lot to talk about, about- but first, before we dive into it, I know uh, just a quick little programming note. I guess uh, Ford and I are going to hop on to talk uh, college football rankings uh, tomorrow, or actually, as you're listening to this, uh, you'll, get, you'll you'll hear the pod uh, on Wednesday. Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday
1: when it comes out.
0: That's Tuesday, Tuesday when, when the rankings <laughs> come out, we'll be talking about them fresh, you know, hot and fresh out the kitchen, as the children are saying. Let's not use those references. Oh yeah, shit. There we go making our oh. color references again. God damn it. Oh, God. oh no, damn it. I, I I forgot. I for some reason my head thought it was Outcast. Jesus, that that's not that is not Outcast at all. <laughs> Ugh, yikes! yikes. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Ignition Remix by Outcast. Sheesh, <laughs> uh, shit, man. You know those those oh mid there's mid two thousands. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, we'll just cut. <laughs> anyways, <Yeah>. anyways, anyways, anyways. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, um, absolutely crazy, crazy weekend uh, in college football for OU. Not again. Not only do we almost lose to TCU but I think the biggest pillar in our way uh Oregon fell to Arizona State a team that lost four straight so I gotta ask you this uh what I'm trying to say is we're going to talk general college football but I want to get your thoughts on this before we move on to OU and reviewing TCU um what was the bigger thing for OU you think um barely losing or barely winning again looking terrible again or um. Oregon losing
1: um <laughs> So I don't want to say barely winning. I think when the way I look at it, you know, winning was required either way. Like OU pretty much always, we only have one real game to drop, but we, from that point on, from the Kansas State game on, you know, the bare minimum expectation from us is to win out. Um, If you're talking more important for us to make it to the playoff, it's hard to, I guess the, the way you frame the question is weird. Like there there's no way where you can say Oregon really losing both. was more important than us winning because if we lost, then it doesn't matter what happens to anyone. It, it's more what's um, the,
0: it's it, it's more what's the biggest takeaway? The fact that but we are you
1: it. are you saying if if you want to frame the question as does it matter more that Oregon won or lost or that we barely won? I think if you're saying you know I, th- I think that's yeah, what I kind of I, I think to say. yeah I think absolutely it was it's out of OU's hands and people in front of us losing. Are more important than our margin of victory. I, th- I think that's a better way to frame it because obviously winning is winning by OU is the most important, but yeah, people it. in front of us losing are more important than our margin of victory, especially with our next two games. I mean, you have a an in-state rivalry against a team that has been very respected by the committee, um, especially considering what they've done this year, and then you have you know the second best team in the Big Twelve again. So I think that when the committee looks at those. Um. All that matters is they see a W there, um, and and people losing in front of us is is the most important thing. That's that's what I've always believed ever since our loss, without
0: a doubt. And that Oregon loss really opens things up. Uh, yeah, I personally believe that they're better than Utah. I know Utah has been blowing teams out, has looked impressive, but frankly, I just I think Oregon's a better team. They struggle sometimes. Always, I mean. Look at the track record. They're always really rough in Arizona. They've been brutal in the desert for years. Um, but I still think that's a good football team that's going to go in and beat Utah in uh, Santa Clara. Uh, ne- not this weekend, but next. So that was such a... The, the fact that Oregon was the one of those two teams to lose was so, 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 so important. important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so that's... I mean, that, that opens things up for the playoff. But of course... Uh, Ou has to get past the Oklahoma State. We'll preview them after we uh, review a little bit of this TCU game. Uh, so let's just dive into that. Um, and first things first, let's talk about let's talk about the big picture idea. The the thing that really summed up this game, uh, and I, th- I think it has to be the same thing that summed up every other game we've had since Kansas State. And it's mistakes. Um, the the amount of mistakes that Ou made. Specifically, Jalen Hurts in crucial situations—that was, was the only thing that kept TCU in this game. In general, the defense played very well. I think the offense played very well outside of the mistakes. But I mean, you just—you you can't have turnovers in your own territory or you know at the your you know TCU forty-seven. That that just that that'll doom you every time.
1: Yeah, it was it, those two turnovers in the fourth quarter were just terrible um i had i had moved down uh to the the very front row right there behind the south end zone for the second half of the game and oh that was miserable like we i got down there i was so excited to see some plays because he was going to be coming that way in the fourth quarter we had those two big long drives got all the way down there and i got a first row seat to just hurts turning it over twice right there. So
0: yeah, I wasn't that happy about that. Yeah, but the, yeah. the picks both the pick six and the fumble happened on the TCU seven. So you uh, unfortunately got to see the yeah. the two lowest moments of that game. Uh, <laughs> and and of course, every time OU loses, they jump on the defense. But it was no, not, the
1: defense was, was amazing. It, it, I was so happy that I was down there too because we had that uh those two. Uh, you know TCU drives that started
0: down there that the crowd yeah. was just super loud and it was really neat. No, I, I, I what I'm trying to say is that's not the case. However, I feel like a lot of the gooners and people, you know, kind of outside of you know probably who didn't watch the game have been dogging on the defense again, saying that they let the offense down. That was not the case at all. TCU was held to. I believe 207 yards total, the lowest amount since uh, 2017, which is just wild. Uh, great performance from the defense. The problem is they just TCU kept on their scoring drives. There was only one scoring drive TCU had past their own uh, or past like the 50, basically. That's just wild. Yeah. It, and it was that. it was, it was after a 63-yard Max even run. So I, I'm yeah. just saying it, it, it's. It's like the defense had one really blown play, and then other. But other than that, they were just kind of dealt with a short field, shorthand, and it, it's hard to go after them because that was one of the best defensive performances we've seen since Texas. No, the,
1: the defense was the key to the game. Really, um, I, obviously, without them, we we would have lost. Um, especially when the offense is, you know, throwing touchdown passes to the uh, to the other team. Yeah, and better. then not, and then not producing when they get it back.
0: Yeah, and that—I that, mean—that'll do it. Um, but you know, I mean, a couple standouts as, as usual. Uh, Kenneth Murray was incredible. Very good at tracking his guys. Really patient. You know, making sure he stayed on his assignment. Uh, yeah, honestly, just as, yeah, a great as, as from usual. Murray. Yeah, it it, it would it, it would kind of be um, redundant yet again to talk about all the great things he does. He's just a phenomenal linebacker um, for OU. He, he's improved a lot, and I think I think when Grinch particularly has him um, spy and kind of wait a bit and really seek out plays, that's great. Um, but also, yeah. Big shout out to the D line for getting a lot of uh, penetration, uh, just a lot of pressure. Dugan wasn't able to do a lot. Uh, really flooded that uh, that backfield.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. The, <coughs> sorry, I keep coughing. That's important when you're playing a you know a young quarterback like that, is to really put the pressure on them. Um, and and uh, we did a good job of that. We across the board defensively really. Um, there's not a lot of gripes to be had.
0: Yeah, no, for yeah, sure. I mean, I Murray had nine, nine total tackles, seven solos. That's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, a couple QB hurries. I feel like apparently there was only one sack or, uh, actually, two, sorry, two sacks, uh, one true sack by, uh, Jalen Redmond who had a great game. Um, which is kind of, that, that surprises me actually. I feel like, I feel like, um, the D was in, uh, Dugan's grill quite a bit. Uh, also, shout out to Dugan. Great player. You know, very tough. You know, really really kind of fought back through a pretty rough performance early on. Yeah. Um, but also, you got to give it up to the corners. I thought they were very good on Jalen Rager. I thought they really made it difficult for that wide receiving core all night, uh, really forcing them into some tough catches. And uh, obviously, Buki finally got, you know, a very huge play in that game-saving interception.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that was really exciting. Oh, quick side note: I don't know what it is um, with ESPN, but I don't know their deal with when you Google game stats, where it always throws last year's as the top suggestion. Yeah, uh, it's I've been doing that to us all year. I've noticed on, that too um, on every computer. For some reason, it throws a weird year. But so, anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that that uh, interception. Typical OU fashion with the interception. Um, we're not going to get one until like the last couple minutes of the game. For some reason, OU is uh, I think pretty ridiculous when it comes to. Actually, I think we're probably if you look at if you could somehow look at turnover margin in the last two minutes of a game, we're probably one of the best teams ever. But we're garbage in turnover margin across the board. But. For some reason, we can get interceptions in the last two minutes of the game, and that's about the only time we can get interceptions.
0: So yeah, it, it is it, nice to have. I mean, it, you're right. It's pretty wild. <coughs> Bless you. Yeah, uh, sorry. No, you're fine. Uh, I mean, just, just kind of think about it. Like, the last three weeks have been ended by an interception, I believe, and all three were the only interceptions of the game, really. Um, which is it's, it's wild that they can just come out of the woodwork and get them. Because it's, I don't know. It, it, it. I, I don't know. It's almost like it's more indicative
1: of the quality of quarterback that we're playing than really anything
0: else. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. And, and, you know, Dugan, Dugan is young and uh, inexperienced. Yeah, and maybe,
1: maybe that's the difference in the last two minutes is everybody we're playing is just, uh, you know, turns into a spaz when the <laughs> pressure gets
0: on. They just shit their pants, I guess. I don't yeah. know. That's uh, I guess that's, I can see that yeah, from Dugan. That might have some of it something to do with it. I don't know. Dugan only had sixty five yards passing. Yeah. Ninety two yard ninety two yards rushing. I mean that's that's just uh, seven for twenty one. Ugh. Okay, I take it back. That guy kinda had a rough game. Uh, but he had a really good run. Um,
1: yeah. yeah. Well, I
0: mean, he made he
1: completed a third of his passes.
0: Yeah, but I mean I guess Which, when you when you
1: say that Jalen Hurts completed half of his passes and Dugan completed a third. It doesn't seem like there's too much of a disparity between them.
0: Yeah, I mean they both had 21 attempts. Hurts only had four more uh, actual catches. That's that's not too different. Uh you're right. It's all um, it's all
1: in the framing.
0: It's all in the frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's that spin zone though. You got you got to you got to throw yeah, in that well, spin. I mean, zone.
1: OU 28 TCU 24 sounds like a totally different game than OU 30 first downs TCU 11 OU 511 total yards TCU 204 like those it doesn't that's where you know that's where a turnover and then a pick six on the opposing seven does to you is it it just screws that you know stats are so weird people can skew stats so many different ways
0: it throws it all the way off um yeah let's let's wrap up our discussion of the defense real quick so we can talk about that um one last note before we go to the, the defensive game ball. Caleb Kelly got snaps for the first time this season, looked pretty solid, had a tackle. Yeah. But uh, yeah, now he, <laughs> I, I know it's a wild thought as we just beat a five and six team by four four points. But, you know, if we get to the national title, you know, you, you might have to have some questioning, you know, questionable, like, when do, do you put him out here? You know, do you run it again? Do you think? Yeah, because he, he didn't start. No, he didn't he start, came but he in,
1: didn't... He came in towards the end. Um, this is I a... think I actually just straight up in the fourth quarter.
0: Yeah, yeah. here's the question. Ask, it's not showing the play time. But... Do you leave him out against Oklahoma State here? Because I kind of think that might be your best option. I, I think TCU would have been a better option, but...
1: Well, it's almost like we were leaving him out, and then we needed him. <laughs> That's true. I mean, like you said, like you're saying, the game came down to the last drive. It's not like we put him in in garbage time. There wasn't garbage time in this game. So, um, you know, the way I look at it is maybe we were saving him, and they said, "All right, you know, you've still got it. We're going to throw you in here and see."
0: Yeah, that's. Probably- I see that
1: as a as a likely scenario here. Um, you know, one tackle. You know, who knows. Uh, you can have a lot bigger impact on the game, especially just you know getting a big name guy out there and, and causing the opposing team to have to react to that. You know that's not measured in stats. So one yeah. tackle, one assist uh, doesn't really tell the the impact that you can have. So I I I agree with you. I think uh, definitely still we should conserve him. I wouldn't start him against OSU, especially because we know they're going to play rough at the start when everybody has a lot of energy. Let's see how that one goes, and uh, if we need him, we have him. But yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't burn him. It's you know, it's like the Tua against Mississippi State thing. Uh, very unfortunate what happened to him, but why was he even playing to begin with? I, I know it's a different injury than the one he was recovering from, but but still, um, I'm I'm big on player conservation. I, we've kind of had this discussion with the NBA as well. I know in the group, but I I'm really big on player conservation and that sort of economy of use when it comes to people um
0: so yeah i'd, I'd sit him what about you i mean i, w- I would definitely sit him see if we need to use him however i definitely think we will need to use him against oklahoma state uh the, we'll get into that in a little bit but i, I think the pokes are going to provide a huge challenge uh especially you know a challenge in chuba hubbard uh someone who we could really use caleb kelly's uh, skills against you know i think i think that caleb kelly's a a, a solid matchup against him in, in terms of you know containing the, uh a running back you know having that athleticism and that speed to you know kind of cover him um but i agree i, th- I think you definitely try to take it a little light osu kind of showed a little bit of issues you know last week we'll we'll, we'll dive into that a bit but i agree i think you sit kelly but let's move into game balls real quick just kind of wrap it up so uh Who's your game ball? Who's your game ball? Uh, defensively?
1: Yeah. Mm. I'm going to have to go... Oh, that's a tough one because I, I don't want to give it to Murray again. I kind of want to change it up. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Delarian Turner-Yell because I haven't given him a game ball, and he's constantly a top-four performer on the defense, um, and it kind of just seems like he... I know he gets a ton of credit, but at the same time, I feel like he just kind of slips through the cracks sometimes with praise. I mean, he he gets a lot less, uh, you hear his name a lot less than other dudes that do significantly less. So, Turner Yell is mine, you know, for season-long production.
0: Yeah, he's always a guy who I know is, like, produces, but whenever I watch the game, he kind of, you know, whenever, he watch it, whenever I watch the game, you know, game ends, come back to the pod and look at the stat sheet I'm like, oh, DTY had a great game, like, again, like, that's awesome yeah,
1: that's that's the thing, is you never it, it seems like you never hear his name a ton, but then you pull up the stat sheet and he's always top three, top four
0: easy yeah, yeah. definitely, well, look, I, I hate to do it but I'm going to give the easy layup of Kenneth Murray, that guy was uh, a man on a mission last night um, some people uh, apparently are uh, putting him in, in, you know, uh, a couple mock traps that have him, you know, going in the first round, so he might be gone for the, this might be his last game on Owen Field, maybe, I, I'm not sure uh, but what a performance he had, uh, a lot of maturity over his past three years, uh, great great game, and that's uh, that's my game ball That's good. I agree, I just
1: feel like I've given him too many, I'm trying to spread it out a little bit
0: yeah, sometimes you just have to take the layup. You know, that's what yeah. that's what I'm going with. All right, let's move on to the offense. Um, and we we got to let, let's well, before we dive into Hurts, we got a lot to talk about. Hurts. Let's we'll just say CeeDee Lamb. Uh, he played played pretty well too, and that was uh, that. That's something I honestly did not expect. Really, you didn't expect him to to play well. Not, not that he played well, I and mean, you know he only had two, two uh, catches. It was more that I just didn't expect him to play at all.
1: Yeah, I mean we um, needed him to.
0: We did. We. Did. we did. I mean, one of those was a touchdown We needed. Catch.
1: We needed everybody out there.
0: True. Crazy, weird receiving game. Only four players caught, uh, caught balls on Saturday. Rambo, Morris, Braden Willis, and CeeDee Lamb. Um Another great, another great game from the tight end crew uh, with Morris and Willis. You know, with uh, Willis catching a touchdown, uh, Lee Morris having you know some c- good catches here. But it, w- it was just a very weird, kind of a strange passing game from OU. Not really a lot going there. Uh, it-, it was a very run heavy offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of seen that. That's our our sort of move.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this
1: season or where we find our our most consistent success.
0: Yeah, and I think that was encouraging because um, as we've talked about, you know, last pod that we, we want to see you kind of move to a more, you know, clock chewing system where, you know, we move the ball down the field, kind of power it down, go vertical and we had it. we had we actually had a lot of success there. Hertz had I mean Jalen Hurts third uh, twenty eight carries, one hundred and seventy three yards, and Brooks twenty five carries with one hundred and forty nine yards. We really jammed it up their throat uh running the ball in a way that wasn't very RPO like.
1: Yeah, no, it was uh we've clearly made the shifts that I was saying that I hope that we make. Um it was just finishing drives was really our our issue. I mean you you look at this score, and if we could finish drives, um, you got to add fourteen points to OU's and, and take away seven from TCU's, and uh, that's probably the final score if we could have just closed out, um, you know, that those two drives in the fourth quarter. So. Yeah,
0: and that's that's been the biggest issue with OU this t- this year. And I don't mean to pick on Hertz. I think Hertz does a lot of Like, well, I mean, he had of both the turnovers.
1: It's it's a hundred percent his fault
0: for sure. I mean, let's look at Hertz. Listen, these are Jalen Hertz's turnovers within the opposing thirty. Fumbled on the on the Houston thirty. Fumbled on the Texas seven. Interception on the Texas eleven. Fumble on the Baylor one. It was really their half yard line. Interception on the TCU seven. Fumble on the TCU seven. That is, I mean, th- those are those are six plays and really honestly I, I probably just added one play to pad my stats a bit but uh i mean those are five plays that you know that's <laughs> and that, that's that's a crazy amount of um i mean that's 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 35 points potentially left on the board this season for you just with jalen hurts yeah points. it's it's about finishing drives and even there are a couple there were There have been a couple drives where we should have gotten touchdowns, had to settle for field goals. I know that's the way football is. Sometimes you have to settle for a field goal, but.
1: Yeah, I don't. You can't blame that. Like, things not turning into touchdowns, you know, you can't blame that. I don't think as much as you can blame, you know, just those turnovers are just too. uh, They're unacceptable at this point. I mean, we've made excuses all season um, for it. It's it's hard to come up with a, a reason or some sort of excuse or justification. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm dogging on him because I, I know I try to, like, kind of troll sometimes and do that a lot, but at this point, you got to recognize, like, he he has a turnover issue um, that, you know, only six interceptions for the year doesn't tell the full tale of, of the extent, especially his fumble issue. I mean, this past, like, month and a half he's been averaging like three fumbles a game
0: yeah it's, it's just it's he, a problem
1: if you start to include turnovers that he um you know that ou also recovers um you're reaching most games where he has pretty close to a one-to-one touchdown to turnover ratio so and i this is a this is another one of my gripes that i was kind of getting at with the stats earlier As you can manipulate stats whatever way you want to, and people are throwing out all these crazy stats about how Hertz has all these rushing yards and all these carries and how the offense basically runs through him. But I I don't think it's a good thing necessarily. And it's like, of course he has all the carries. We're not handing it off. We've seen that when we do hand it off, the running backs produce just as good, if not better, than he does because they're faster. And they don't turn it over, so I don't know. It's it's hard to to uh, come to his defense when it comes to
0: turnovers at yeah. this point. It's- and uh, not that I, I know, I'm playing like so different, so many different sides here. But in his defense, I think a lot of that is with the is an issue of how OU plays this uh, plays on offense. Mike Gundy brought this up today in his press conference, where he mentioned that. He, he basically mentioned that OU's entire offense runs through Hertz. It's an extended triple option in a way that, you know, Hurts has the option to run. He has the option to pass it out in the flat, you know, with, with a screen pass, or he could, you know, throw it to CeeDee Lamb. Here's, yeah. the, fact that, the fact that everyone just – he, he said that the main thing is you got to key in on Hertz, and he if you key in on Hertz, you can usually stop some cog of that offense. And I think that also goes for his ball security as well.
1: I, uh, yeah, and I watched that same thing uh, just before we started, and and my takeaways are, first off, that's not a great analysis because the quarterback is touching the ball every play.
0: Yeah, so like of that, course.
1: That's basically like a coach getting up there and saying, so we've, we've calculated that if we can get off the our blocks and hit the center before he hands the ball off, we'll create a fumble every time. Like, yeah, obviously if you – the quarterback is the center of every offense, no matter what, because he's doing something with the ball every play. So, of course, if you can get to the corner quarterb- or the quarterback, it get to, no matter who it is. But I think that when you when we talk about, you know, Gundy dove into the stats a little bit more. That's kind of what I was saying: is those stats are so skewed towards Hurts, and the, off, the whole offense is predominantly Hurts, But I think that's because he isn't as good. I also I think, think that it's the shooters. reason. The reason that the offense wasn't totally through other guys in the past, Heisman winners, was because they were able to spread it out and let other people. You know, CD's making plays and stuff, but it's. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to articulate what I'm saying. So I'm just gonna regress back to uh, Hertz is not good and is not a fit for the offense.
0: <laughs> I I mean I I think that anyone can recognize that having your quarterback run for you know run thir- or 28 times. Is not a good strategy. It's at, most at, at of them are not by design, though. That's the thing, and, and that's exactly. the problem. And I think that's where Gundy's talking about with the option system is the fact that most of the times when Hurts runs, he's looking for something else, and then he he runs off. So it's it's just a matter of always. I don't know. I I think I think I think the thing is it's very clear that Jalen Hurts, you know, kind of is. You know whatever Hurts wants to do is what what happens, you know. And it, it's all based on those options and keying in on him. Obviously, you want to hit the quarterback. That's easy, you know. But the, the fact that he runs as much as he does, it, it makes it a little bit a explo- little bit more exploitable to kind of get at him to hit him a little more. You know, when he starts scrambling a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it just it's it's a very interesting year. I'm ready. I'm not gonna lie. I'm kind of ready to move on from it. Uh, Same. It, look, it was just a weird year, weird experiment. I'm not gonna say it failed. We're ten and we're ten and one. That's awesome. However, this is clearly like we we did that thing where we got ahead of ourselves, thought it was a playoff team, still might make the playoffs, but I don't think this is a team that's gonna win a national championship. This isn't the best team no, we've had, especially not this year. Could could this team? Win the national
1: championship if we took this OU team and plugged it into, you know, certain times in the past twenty years. Absolutely. This year, mm-mm, no,
0: no. I, 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 th- I think there are just too many teams that, you know, yeah. that's what a lot of people. More high
1: powered. That's a lot of a lot of OU fans. I think, and I'm sure it's across the board. But I feel like a lot of people get very like pigeonholed down or very you know, um, tunnel vision on just OU, and we look at oh. Ou's like they have you know Rattler coming in and the Alex Grinch defense and all his recruits and like we've, we've said this too but everyone gets all focused in and they think that you know we have like back to back national championships as a lock but a lot of people don't realize that everything that we're saying here at OU people are saying over in Baton Rouge people are saying it in Tuscaloosa people are saying it in wherever Ohio State plays. Columbus. Yeah, it, it, people are saying it in, in Michigan because they're delusional. People are saying it in a and because they're delusional. Just more um, delusional. Yeah, people are probably even saying it in Tallahassee. So, um, yeah, I don't even know where I was going with that.
0: Well, well, Offensive I, game box. I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I think what you're trying to say is, Every there, are, let me let me put it this way:
1: It's not just OU. Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know why I thought this was a hot take, but you're saying Sometimes, that everyone... sometimes it doesn't matter how good we are because there are other teams.
0: <laughs> yeah, look, I'm just gonna say this: There are only three programs in college football. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll expand it. There are four pro- programs in college football that can go ten and one in a rebuilding year: OU, Clemson. Alabama, Ohio State. Those are the four teams in college football right now that can just kind of take a year off, rest it off, you know, have oh, let's have Jalen Hurts run for 28 times a game and it just it's a Big 12 championship or a conference championship. Those are the four teams that can take a year off. I mean, maybe add Cle- maybe add Georgia in there like I guess that they've entered the picture as well, but it's a very, very small group. We are so lucky to have to be in a situation where our great eras just kind of blend together. And you know, this is a, this is a great time. I'm not saying you know don't you know want national championships. I want it, I want number eight as much as probably yeah as much as any OU fan out there. Not as much as the players, of course. But or the you know the coaches or anyone who's actually in the organization, but um, I'm just saying like you got to look at these things and realize it could be so much worse.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's, I talked about this last week. Is it's that's what a lot of OU fans forget is this is a rebuilding year for OU, like you said, and everyone's expectations prior to Hertz transferring were much more realistic for this team. And, and the second he transferred, everyone was like, oh, no, we're going to be competitive for national championship. Like, people don't factor in the other things like the, you know, the turnover on the line and, and things like that that mean, you know, in a lot of cases, significantly more than the quarterback.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of improvement that I think would be celebrated. I, I, this is going to be a wild take. Bear with me. I think OU fans would have a better look outlook of this team if we had if we had Tanner Mordecai or Austin Kindle at quarterback and we're not great. If we were if we had like two or three losses and you know Tanner Mordecai or whoever was out there and we're kind of scrapping, maybe we might make a big tw- maybe we're like slightly outside of the Big Twelve championship. Some I don't know, still maybe had a puncher's chance. I think we would be like that defense improved. The O line has a lot of promise, and we look we'd look at it better. Instead, we have this high standard that I don't think was was warranted for this year, and people are upset.
1: No, and and I I I disagree, and I agree. So I agree we have this high standard. People shouldn't have had. People should have stuck to their original expectations. They'd be a lot happier. Um, what I disagree with is, I honestly believe I don't know if our record would be better. I could still see ten and one. But I think that looking at margin of victory and offensive performance and everything else, I honestly, to my core, believe that this OU team would be much more competitive nationally with Austin Kendall center because he knew the system. He was a fit for the system. He throws deep as good or better than Hertz does. And there's not like, a, you know, you have a big loss in running ability, but we have the running backs to compensate for it. I just think that we'd be a better team with him. So I know I was very anti Austin Kendall, um, but yeah, it hurts. a couple weeks ago, <laughs> not a couple weeks ago. I don't think I have been since he left OU. Um, and that was you know just kind of doing a bit. Even, but I I honestly believe that we would be much more competitive, better margins of victory, better offensive and performance with him because we wouldn't be having to adjust a lot of our stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Uh, let's move on to game balls and then move on to OSU yeah. real quick. Okay, uh, so first off, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, it's Kennedy Brooks. I thought he had a very good rushing game. Uh, didn't get a touchdown, which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, the guy really opened up this opened up a lot of space for OU and really made that offense run. Uh, he 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 was kind of the he was the workhorse in a lot of those like slow. Grinded out offensive drives that uh, mostly resulted in touchdowns. Uh, sometimes it resulted in Jalen Hurts giving away the farm, but you know, hey, that's just how the team goes, I guess. But give me, give it, give me Brooks.
1: No, uh, I I agree. Brooks is getting mine as well, and and kind of for the same reason that you just mentioned. He was out there, you know, twenty five carries for one hundred forty nine yards. That's a six yard average. I didn't do that math in my head. I'm just reading it off ESPN, um, but the fact that he didn't get a touchdown is, I think, shows that he's even more deserving because when you look at Hertz, Hertz got two touchdowns, just slightly more rushing yards, but his touchdown and turnover margin is one-to-one. Um, Brooks, like you said, it was it was like he put the team on his back, put in work, and it, it was thankless uh, for him because he didn't get that big touchdown or that big highlight. So For sure. Yeah,
0: Brooks is my game ball. Yeah, definitely. And I'm just going to give a quick word, real quick here. Just imagine this OU offense, but what if no turnovers? I'm just saying this team looks a lot better. Obviously, it's an issue. Okay. <laughs> However, if out of nowhere the turnovers just stopped, I think this is a team, the, the issues are solved. I, I would what? argue that if you take away
1: OU's turnovers but leave Hurts as part of the offense. You just get us turning over on downs yep. in the spots that we would have turned it over, but yeah, I see what you're
0: saying He you just falls over like he did.:
1: No, like we just go for and out, or, or we kick a field goal. I don't think that... Which you're have saying oh you like three times. You're saying, oh you without
0: turnovers, and in
1: your mind, you're replacing every turnover with a touchdown. And I'm saying that the realistic thing is that we either miss a fourth down because of hurts, or we kick a field
0: goal. I'm at three points. I'll take those and yeah, not pick six. I, I mean that would definitely help. Ugh. Anyways, uh, let's just let's just kick it to a, a quick word from our sponsor here. Uh, same as it ever was. It's Anchor. Hey everyone! Before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free. That's great. But there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive. Uh, And then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot so what are you waiting for download the free anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started now the schooner pod all right well you know we actually recorded that segment first and kind of forgot to take laps although honestly this is kind of morphed into a gooner of the week type segment so we'll, we'll just call it what it is it's a gooner of the week so let's let's talk about some gooners today Ty, right. uh, do you, once again. It's a typical topic, so I'll just let you have the floor here.
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna keep it short this week. Everyone knows where we stand here. Uh, so my take a lap of the week is again grown adults who you know earlier I was gonna say like get a job, but you know I, you know what? we're just not even gonna we're not even gonna talk about touchy uh, subject. <laughs> yeah, we're not gonna talk about. Oh, not even for that. It's a it's a wealth and quality thing. It's just tasteless. Anyways, um, yeah. If you're a grown adult, like, why do you care what college students do? Like, these aren't your children. These aren't like they're paying thousands of dollars to be here. Let them do their own thing. Finally, if you're going to try to roast the student section, crop your photo appropriately where it doesn't show literally two different non-student sections significantly more empty than the student section. So, like, that's just, come on, you got to do the homework and you got to say, hey, what is the student section? Oh, I should crop out this corner in this upper deck here where people that aren't students are sitting or not sitting because they're not there and the student section is significantly more full. So, yeah, do your thing. Also, I would like to point out when it comes to the student section, when when we're looking at the sections here, uh, section 25 and, and kind of the photos that we're were shared on uh on twitter actually section 26 25 26 uh that's kind of where the the non-affiliated students sit so you know maybe they could get some more uh you know school pride because when we look at where the uh the students and houses sit it's not as empty but just saying
0: yeah no for sure and it, it what, what first off well, Bob Prisbello, great, great dude. You know, very, very. Uh, I respect I don't him know a lot. Who that is. He's the guy who tweeted the photo. I know he's just trying to like cause up a storm. He knows his audience. Got a lot of engagement. I do not blame him for trying to get them them likes and shares and all that up because hey, that's part of the biz. I, I respect the biz. That being said, that photo looked a lot worse than it actually is. We've talked about how the student section, the, the entire, the entire
1: stadium looked like that.
0: Oh yeah, no people were bailing like crazy. It's ridiculous, but yeah, uh, it's not just us. And I would also like to say, uh, uh, I actually have a bit of a lap to take. Er, no, so my I, I, yeah,
1: just just to clarify, sorry before you yeah. start, my my take a lap is not Bob Prozac or whatever his name <laughs> is. Uh, my take a lap is is everyone that it was directly targeted to and that felt the need to also jump into the comments and. ...and say just ridiculous things... ...about the students leaving. So, that, Bobby, that should be a good segue into yours... ...so I will let you have the floor now.
0: Okay, so... so my, ...my my gripe does not have to do with OU students... ...but rather TCU ones... ...who really did show their... Uh, they, ...they showed their TCU-ness... Uh, ...this weekend. There was a large group of TCU girls... Uh, in, ...in number... ...who came down right behind us... Uh, ...like at some point in the game... ...apparently to just get good pictures... TCU then immediately had a pick six. They cheered and left. The game got good and they immediately bailed, which is just very typical of TCU. I mean, in all
1: fairness, if I drove all the way somewhere and it's getting close to the game, I'd probably be ready to go to the bars too. But the game was close. It was a good game for TCU.
0: These were TCU fans. It's Realistic expectations. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I... if you really think about it, they left when they left at the the apex of TCU's performance. So maybe they're just really smart and just knew like when to get when to, when to bail. But also, I don't know. There, there's just something a little leaves a little little uh, I don't know bad taste in my mouth for bailing on your team like when there's still game left to be played. This isn't the the product was bad argument. It was more like, hey, we're four points down. Maybe stay in it. Obviously, they they didn't care much, but I don't know. It was just kind of annoying. I see what you're saying. But yeah. yeah. Also, big shout out to the TCU fans talking shit after taking a loss. Uh, that was nice. Always always smart to do that. I don't, I don't look. I don't care how bad OE gets. I will never ever talk shit if we lost you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah it's just not just, justifiable yeah,
0: yeah no we, we started chanting cheese it bowl at them and they were responding with champs and i'm like you can't be a champion of a cheese it bowl no one wins <laughs> that's the no, that's the number one rule of the cheese it bowl nobody wins there are no winners not, not just, even especially not the viewers nobody won that game there's it was just
1: terrible. there's just a pair of losers it's like climate change at Harvard-Yale. There is no winner. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. <laughs> uh, anyways, that's our laps and uh, Gooner of the Week. Um, I'd like to specifically hi- uh, highlight the Gooner uh, radio dude uh, 1013 who uh, commented on the students and said, same week as students who don't want to say sooner, reinstate corporal punishment. Don't know how those two things are connected, but hey, you know, he, he got his hot takeout, so... You're generous. talking
1: about the you're t- you're talking about the guy who's that's his, his Twitter username. His Twitter name is currently, and this is all one word: Tom Herman's a bitch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and not, not to not to dog on Texas again, but there was a just beautiful article that came out on uh, Texas's SB Nation account. I don't know if you read this during the break or not but basically they went full rendered 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 fat and uh
1: oh i just i actually i just finished reading that oh and it its is,
0: uh oh, oh, beautiful it is beautiful they finally realized it it
1: it it, it, it I, I will give it credit it ends um big a pitch i guess i don't know if you know uh so it's i feel like since we're gonna talk about it you know this being broadcast we have to so on Burn Orange Nation, on you know Texas's SB Nation, the article is titled "Texas is living up to its mediocre standard," and it is by William Curry from today, November twenty fifth. So that that's the article we're referencing, just for those listening, um, if you haven't seen it. Um, Very good. But yeah, I I got a, a take, Bobby's probably slightly more pro Texas than you did. Uh, I think it it needed to elaborate more on its closing, but I feel like the thought um, on the closing was a solid one, and it's, you know, it it the last two paragraphs, I'll just read them verbatim, they're one sentence apiece. Fans are angry, players are upset, recruits are panicking, and coaches are checking lease terms. I guess, in a way, that is more on par with Texas football than winning football games. So, I, I feel like the way that... Uh, he was trying to go there was hey if we set these unrealistic expectations then it's going to cause us to uh, to lose in recruiting battles and stuff uh, if that makes sense um you know under under promising and over performing is going to look a lot better than over promising and under performing especially when you're getting memed to uh to hell on the internet so Definitely. uh i kind of see i think where they were trying to go was hey we need to set realistic expectations or it's going to hurt us.
0: For sure. <laughs> the, I,
1: start, the start is pretty, uh, pretty goonery and surprisingly like, pro-Tom Herman still, even though they point out that's their worst season that they've had in a long time. I, I
0: think the biggest thing is realizing that you know they need to change their culture. They, if, if Texas wants to be a power again, Or, you know, have another extended stretch of being great. They have to change their culture of, we need to win national championships right now or you're fired. Because that culture is so toxic. And that's the reason why Texas has never been, or not never been, hasn't been able to have as good of stretches as they should and you can look at several other, you know, programs around the country that are dealing with that right now. Florida State's right on the doorstep of about, of about to, you know, enter that sort of period, I think. Um, it, it, it's really just a, it's a vicious cycle. And I think it's, um, it's really something that I, I think they're just like trying to realign with their reality of Texas just can't. They're they're not they're not the shit. They can't just storm in and you know win a Big Twelve or win anything really because they're not top dog. Well, they I think I think the problem
1: is that they they're jumping the gun too much. They they get one big win and then they're like, all right, this is it. We've made it. Like
0: they're not. They don't they don't take the process. They don't take step by steps. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And OU's the same way. Let's not act like we didn't have a disappointing Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago. We just got bailed out by, you know, one of the most unseen uh, generational talents of all time, which the mm-hmm. craziest walk-on story ever, like without a doubt. It's been covered a million times. We don't even need to rehash Maker, but um, really, it, it, it's just it's a it, it's it's about managing expectations for Texas, and I think. I don't like Herman at all. I, I've I've not been shy to say that one bit. But I think giving up on him right now is foolish, uh, unless something becomes plainly obvious that he's not a good player's coach. I think they gave up on Mac Brown too early. Uh, I don't. I don't know. There, there, there's just such a toxic um, donor base with Texas and a culture of Texas that I just. They're they're gonna have some issues, but, anyways, we I don't want to be one of those don't want to be be those OU fans who only talk about Texas, but it was it was worth touching on because it's always funny. Yeah, Um, let's talk about our other rival who we don't really talk about a lot because well, Nebraska because the conference. It's Nebraska time. It's Thanksgiving week. Actually, just kidding, because the world is cruel and has robbed us of uh, the OU Nebraska rivalry. So we're not going to talk about them. Uh, but that would have been fun. Just a, that actually would have been a pretty good. Gr- just a, that actually would have been a pretty gr- uh, pretty great bit. Just ignore OU games,
1: <laughs> and then just re- release a really confused like correction
0: <laughs> next week. <laughs> Just, just an OU Nebraska like retrospective. Act like there's no game this weekend. Yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, no Oklahoma State. It's Bedlam, uh, whatever that you know, whatever that means to you means something. But uh, this should be a good game. I think we've seen plenty of OU football to know that uh, any team, any game, no lead is safe on either end, um, and Stillwater is no exception. And I know there's a lot of OU fans who are gonna go into this game and think they're OSU, they're the pokes, we're gonna win this game, we don't lose to them. I'm I'm just gonna tell you right now, you're you're probably wrong. And I'm not saying we're I gonna don't lose know. I'm that, not gonna, that's no, ever been
1: true. It's against this team.
0: I'm not saying here's what I'm saying. I'm not saying you're wrong that we're going to lose that we're going to lose to them or something. I'm just saying that this game is going to be a slugfest. and I think the man at the center of all of it is Heisman hopeful? Uh, Chuba Hubbard. That guy has been on a tear this season. Recognize it right now. Don't be a gooner. This man should be in New York.
1: I, it, I'll say this. Uh, he's probably the most deserving player in the state of Oklahoma to be in the Heisman ceremony. Yeah, yeah uh, I would agree so with that. that. So, yeah, yeah, no, but I, yeah, I, he's he's a, uh, you know. Mike Gundy's whole OU's offense is a one-trick speech about Hertz could be pretty well translated to uh, to Chuba Hubbard and
0: OSU. So, I mean Hubbard Hubbard has that perfect kind of um, Le'Veon Bell, you know, uh, mixed mixed-type back where he can get a lot of receptions out of the backfield. He can tear it up, you know, just you know, up and down, you know, field running. He, he really does a lot for OSU, especially with the injuries to Tylon Wallace and Spencer Sanders for the rest of the regular season. Uh, he's going to be their guy, and it's going to be interesting to see how OU keys in on him because so much of the offense is about rushing to the ball, making snap decisions, and just, just hoarding to him. And I could see that being a problem, but also, um, I don't know, if we... if. If there are enough adjustments on Grinch's system, we've never seen him play against. We've never seen OE play against a running back this good this year. So it's going to be interesting to see how Grinch plans for a back of Hubbard's caliber. It will be, uh, and
1: you know, granted, it's a little bit easier when, uh, you know, it, it's it's uh, only a run threat that you really have to prepare for. Not to not to discount their. You know, their passing game where we got to watch out for, for, you know, names that you've been hearing for years, like Dylan Stoner um, for OSU. But I think it's going to be... I think he's going to be easier to prepare for than some of the quarterbacks that we've prepared for when it comes to running.
0: Um, yeah, Drew Brown is not the same runner as Spencer Sanders. Uh, no, I, I'm is. talking about if
1: we look at OU against the run and preparing to, to stop the run, I think that Preparing to stop the run, just to specifically adjust the run from some of the quarterbacks we played because we haven't really played great running backs. Yeah, I see um, what you mean. We, is we put... a little easier than than what we've. And you know, it's kind of the nature of the positions as well. But it does worry me uh, based off like uh, Puka Williams' performance this year. It's really the only other running back whose name I could think of, and he should not have done as well as he did against us.
0: Yeah, Puka did so, have a good game against us. That's a good point. Um, but I will say this, if you really look at that Oklahoma State offensive line, they aren't they, – they ain't shit. Just, I, I know no, it's, it's really just Chuba. Look, I, I was looking at some uh, West Virginia tape uh, today, and they just really swarmed Drew Brown. The guy ha- is not very mobile at all. Um, Hopefully we'll get some good sacks then. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's going to be the key is – Put a key, but just just key in on, you know, make, make sure Chuba doesn't do anything. And that's something West Virginia did great last week. They really limited uh, Chuba Hubbard on the ground. Uh, limit Chuba, just, you know, completely lock down Chuba and then have your uh, defensive linemen assert their will, really get pressure on Drew Brown and make him feel it. And that is how you beat OSU. And then, of course, don't turn the ball over in key moments. Which I've literally said for weeks, but again, like in a in a a hellscape environment that Oklahoma State can be, um, this is this is a huge huge test for you to just keep their composure, and Jalen Hurts just needs to you know stay upright, just make good decisions, be second half Jalen Hurts without the fumble of yeah. I
1: will I will say. One of the one of the weird things about Bethlehem, I guess it's one of those weird rivalry things, um, and this is not just being hung up on 2014, but more so than every other game, at least one that regularly occurs on our schedule, special teams seems to come into play a lot more in Bethlehem. That's uh, true. So I, I want to add that as a sneaky key to the game as well, because obviously special teams is always a factor. Um, but it's kind of one of those things that everyone thinks of as, hey, we just want it to be neutral, and if something positive happens, that's cool, but we're not going to count on it. Uh, This is a game that, oddly enough, it's got to just be a coincidence, but it seems like every year special teams uh, trickles in there and becomes a bit of a factor or has a potential to, especially when it's close. So based off how OU's been playing people, based off how Gundy is, how LSU prepares for people, this being a, a big rivalry game um, and you know we get to this point with with teams that are still a little dangerous like OSU where their season is just a hundred percent defined by how do we play against OU um, so they're gonna give us their best shot just like everybody does but yeah I'd watch out for watch out for some beamer ball hopefully from OU but special teams are a, a tricky aspect of this game
0: yeah definitely that I mean Special teams are such a key part of it. Yeah, obviously any football game, but you know they, it, it it does have <laughs> it, um, does have a uh, a resonating factor here. I mean, then again, you're especially for you. Your last game was in 2014, which uh, we don't even really need to talk about. Today. Yeah, yeah, but, but this is also an interesting thing for the OU offense and something to really highlight here. This is the this is the worst defense we've played since West Virginia. What Oklahoma State ranks 80th? I don't really in think that even defense. matters at this point. No, I, I mean, it, sure. It I doesn't. think our offense has regressed. It, it doesn't, but every every defensive team we've played since then has been over or has been ranked over 52. Kansas State's at K State's at 52. Uh, Iowa State's up there. Baylor's up there, and um, I wish I could tell you numbers right now. My safari's spazzing out on me, Uh, (laughs) but hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, and my phone died. I think. Okay, sorry. Technical difficulties, folks. Um, So, all right. OU's ranked for thirty-one, and then you got, which is crazy. We're actually the top-ranked team in the Big Twelve in total defense. That's. I believe it. I mean,
1: I I think that's not even a fluke.
0: Okay, yeah. So, TCU's 33rd, uh, Baylor's 41, Iowa State's 50, and then you got K-State, who's 52. That's a tough stretch. Uh, And, you know, this OU offense is fantastic, but it's going to be nice playing against a non-top-50 defense, for once. Yeah. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. Yeah. but hey, you know I, I think this OU team can do whatever they want. Hopefully, CD has a big game. You know, I, I think I think OU has a good shot at winning this. Um, spoiler alert for the picks pod: bet the pokes. It's currently oh OU, yeah. O, What's OU the line right OU. now? It's currently like OU minus twelve.
1: Ooh. I <laughs> mean, we've we played so terrible that we've snuck it down still, but
0: we've been abysmal as double digit. Uh, uh, favorites. On Every one of our lines this season has been double digit. Yeah, yeah. even we, Texas. We, yeah, well, yeah. have we had a single digit line this season? No, yeah. I think no, we no, we Texas haven't. and
1: Baylor were both double digits.
0: Yeah, that's true. They snuck in there. Yeah, the, we've we, just been terrible against the spread. Period. We yeah. yeah. The only the only road game we covered as a double digit spread was UCLA.
1: Yeah, and that was
0: just because nobody knew
1: how bad they were yet.
0: That's true. Then it, they kind of turned it around. I don't know. It, yeah, and that's that's the only road one we did. I believe we covered West Virginia, uh, which was a big old spread. But other than that, you know, we, we haven't been great against the spread, especially as of late. Uh, I keep betting against OU, and it's helped pad my stats, which is great. But anyways, yeah. so um, before we leave, uh, <laughs> what was the, Before we leave – your first uh, Bedlam game in Stillwater, it's a different experience. I know I kind of touched on it last week. What are you looking forward to the most? I mean, I've done Stillwater
1: a lot, so I don't... I, I guess I would have to say just the game, because that's the only thing that I haven't... That's a good point. ...experienced there. Um, so, I mean, sorry I don't have a great
0: answer ah, no. there, but yeah, it's, it's going to have to be just the game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's next level. Yeah. Um, uh, that, uh, hey, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, now, I,
1: there's so many... There's a lot of good things to Stillwater. Uh,
0: you know, beyond just the the basic answer, like Eskimojos and, uh,
1: you know, stilly
0: fuzzies and stuff like that. But As much as we like to talk shit on Stillwater, it's actually a pretty fun town. I'm a, I'm a big it's fan. It's visit, yeah. Yeah, it's a fun town to visit. I wouldn't really want to live there. Sorry, Chase. But, um, anyways, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. Uh, that... Uh, what are you looking forward to most about Stillwater? Question went better than that reporter who asked uh, Jalen Hurts about the cheese fries. I will say that—that's yeah. a plus. But, anyways, I think it's time to wrap up this pod. Anything you want to say before we bounce?
1: Nope. No, I think, uh, think we got get a good little bit of coverage here. Yeah,
0: I think I, I, for, for once in a while we actually gave some good insight on an upcoming football game. That's a plus. Yeah. Big 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 shouts it's to us! It's not going to be as good as the the bowl pod coming up, but oh, the bowl pod's going to be great. I we we need to just start adding people to it. I'm thinking, oh, we yeah, just, we need to start putting a crew together. We just have like, like the preseason like, picks. We just have like six people going. Like randomly yeah. add Stein to it or something. Yeah, the key is being all in one spot. Yeah, exactly. Because that's when that's when the mayhem happens. So we'll, yeah. we'll see what we can do, but uh, until then. I will see you tomorrow. Me and Ford doing the uh, the live reaction to uh, the CFP poll. Ford and I, uh, Ford and I and Ty will join you. Uh, actually, Thanksgiving uh, morning, I guess. You know, while you're ready for preparing your turkey or whatever, you can put us on. We'll talk to you about football. And give you your picks. So, um, yeah, got a lot of content ahead. We're really trying to boost our content down the stretch here. Yeah, you know, not a lot of football left, so we're gonna just gonna squeeze it. You know, squeeze squeeze all that content out like a nice nice orange or something. I don't <laughs> know. But uh, as we head down to the final stretch, just you know, follow us on all the stuff. And uh, yeah, we we love going on this journey. It's been a fun season so far. Let's close out the regular season right with a dub. What do you say?
1: Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we do. Yeah.
0: So we'll see everybody next week, regardless. So. Either either way, we uh, play another week, so that's that's great. You know, looking forward to another Big Twelve championship at Jerry World. Uh, noted, Bla- Baylor Bear Blake will uh, will probably not be there, but that's okay. Anyways, so let's. Uh, yeah, for me and Ty, that's been the Schooner Pod. Thank you guys so much for listening. Always means a lot. We will see you tomorrow, or technically today, I guess but uh, depending on the when the pods release so yeah we'll see you tomorrow and uh, boomer, sooner. boomer sooner Boomer sooner all right.